Hey, what's up? I'm Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. On this episode, I'm talking with singer-songwriter Petey about his new album, USA, and his tour, and a bunch of other stuff. Let's go. I was very excited that you were coming to do the show. Right on. Me too. I was excited to be here. That's Great. awesome to yeah, hear. Because yeah. I've been following you for probably probably like two years. Nice. Um, and I would have never thought like to even reach out and like ask if you would do the show, but I've been getting bolder and more adventurous in my sure. asks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've learned, I think if you don't ask, you'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right? No, it's great. It's and, great. And I love your music. Oh, thank you, dude. Likewise. It's interesting cause you're, you do comedy mm -hmm. and I love it and I love your music and I can't tell which one I like more. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're really good at both, and they yeah. both are different from each other. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's so fun. I'm stoked you're here. Right, right on, man. I'm stoked to be here. I actually, were you represented at ICM at some point? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was there for a little bit. I used to see Walker. I worked in the mailroom. Really? For, yeah, for like three and a half years. I was just like a full time mailroom staff employee. Wow. So I used to deliver packages up on the floor, but I had to just like have sort of like a mouse like presence up there but i would see you walking around there all the time and i always get really stoked oh really yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's cool yeah so that was probably like did four, we ever four, say five. hi i don't think so i was oh. definitely taught not to like really yeah don't say hi to yeah, anyone yeah. <laughs> yeah. agencies are funny oh they're hysterical yeah i don't group all agents and agencies together totally yeah but experience is experience uh -huh. and i've had I'm friends with some amazing agents yeah, and I think they stand out amongst a group of otherwise sometimes agents can really be like, they can suck. Yeah. Sociopaths. Yeah. And then they say, <laughs> well, I suck because I'm getting my client more money. And you're like, no, you're not. Right. Cause yeah. I'm getting, I, I'm a, I'm in management now for 10 years yeah. and we help artists get, make money and we don't suck. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it was totally a fun. I mean, it was a wild place to be for three and a half years. It just like, my only responsibility was to deliver deliver packages. So I had a whole lot of free time just like within that ecosystem. And yeah. it's just sort of like observing a lot for a so long it's time. It's a hell of a place to kind of learn. Oh, for sure. Just kind of like a, how what you like about human nature. Human not, nature. not even necessarily the business, but just about how, how people work when they're sort of like confined to like a set of uh I don't know, just rules like rules, yeah. pressure, money. Um benchmark goal posts that are always constantly put in front of them yeah stress yeah competitive toxicity yeah. there's some of that not to say everyone there is the because like i said that's the music kind of the music business there's really good people but yeah. then there's plenty of clowns in the music business that For like sure. they that's why it's almost weird because you're like how anyone could be anyone they want to be which is a great thing mm -hmm. But also, there's no degree you have to get, so you can mm. people can come into the music business and say anything. Yeah, the right artists will believe them. Oh yeah, for sure. But it also makes all the good people because I feel like I've just met so many great people in the music business that stand out. Yeah, because they are just yeah. I made lifelong friends there, and I would I would yeah. never thought like in the first month or whatever I was like I'm not I'm not going to meet anyone that I'm going to be actually friends with here, and I now I have a, a, a bunch, which is great. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some great people there at, at all the agencies. It's it's like kind of like the way it is. Yeah. 
Do you have a favorite thing that you do or is it all important to you? It's all important to me. Like, I, like I, I guess, I don't know if it, like important is the right word, but like I've been able to like create a life for myself where I could like wake up and be like, all right, well, what are we working on today? We're going to like do a sketch. I'm going to write a song. I'm going to record a song. We're going to do like a, you know, longer form video. We're going to film a music video. Like all that to me, just like it's wrapped up into the same thing. And I kind of just like do wherever like the money is in that exact moment. So it's just like if we're getting paid for something, I'm going to do that. But I, I feel like I'm using the same parts of my brain to do it all. Right. It's so, creative. Yeah, totally. So uh, I'm super, I feel super lucky and to like live that life. But do I. Yeah, right on. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't really think like too differently about any of them. It's kind of just like, all right, how are we going to get paid this, this month or this week? And we'll do what we can. You are so good at making things like your videos from the first time I saw them mm -hmm. and I have, I've followed just like as a consumer, just, mm -hmm. it's just one of those little things I like. So it's in my feed, right? Yeah. yeah. So comedy in it intimidates me. Yeah. Cause I've known a lot of comedians over the years living mm -hmm. here for the last 20 years and they're very comedians are really interesting people. They're really smart, mm -hmm. like too sharp. Mm -hmm. I always get intimidated when I'm around them because mm -hmm. they just, they're, I actually think it, comedians tend to me, they feel uh, I've always found them to be like the most intellectual people Interesting. that I've met. Yeah. And then the most, the intellectual people that are supposed to be intellectual that get treated like intellects all around wherever they go because they, maybe they wrote a book or maybe they did something. Yeah. Find them less intellect, intellectual and, and sharp then the comedians that I know all tend feel to me like the smartest people. Huh. I think to play dumb, mm -hmm. you have to be really smart. I, I have trouble identifying like as a comedian, I think, cause like, I feel like so much of like the comedy world is like thinking on your feet and like improv and like being quick and being sharp. And I'm none of those things. I mean, a lot of the, the which is funny that the, like the videos ended up working out, but like everything I do, in terms of like it's very premeditated and like written out like i really i don't go into any like video making situation without having all the lines like completely dialed right and I, like say them as is yeah i don't like to switch stuff up um same with like songwriting sessions i don't go into song i don't do that like i don't like write with other people and be like let's write another song like everything is like done before i go in um even before i like i have a conversation with a stranger i like plan out what i'm gonna <laughs> say right beforehand so like all like I'm, I'm not like an improv guy and that's like such a, i feel like that's such a it's such a smart uh comedian thing so because that's like sort of my vibe i've like never really like felt like i, I fit in with the the comedy community uh it's just I'm so happy to work out that i just like wrote a sketch for tiktok that i thought no one would see and like two million people saw it and i kept writing it and like two million people kept seeing like all of them yeah well everyone said yes yeah yeah so that's something. Yeah, for sure. This is one of the reasons I like having these conversations because there's a lot of people listening mm -hmm. that can probably identify. I, I just think that you, just because you're not an improv specialist, yeah, you likely have the muscle. You just you're using it in a way that you probably feel more comfortable using it. Totally. Um, and that's a, a practice. But also, like people have different styles. So you may be more of a writer. Yeah. Than a performer. Totally. Or you may be more of a you know, like we all have our, but it's definitely comedy, a hundred percent. Because the first time I saw it, I that was 
exactly how I identified it as, oh, this made me laugh. It was a, it's really, it's, it's like bite-sized, it's quick, it feels good, it's not mean, which is also another thing for me is like, I, I, I always like, things strike me when they can be funny without being mean. Yeah, I wonder sometimes if that's just because, yeah, I don't think I write like a lot of mean things, but if I'm, I make fun of the characters in the sketches a lot, but they're all me. But they're right? you. Yeah. So it's like, it's I feel so like it's I can like self-deprecating. Yeah. Um, but, and then when I heard your music, cause I really liked, um, California off the last record. Sure. Yeah. And I was kind of struck by how different those two things are. Mm. And then your touring is also really good. Yeah. Like you tour, you have strong touring. Yeah. It's crazy. I How think, long have you been touring? Uh, I just finished the first leg of my second tour. So two years. Doing really well. It's doing great. Yeah. De definitely like selling tickets, which feels awesome. It's cool. Yeah. It's unique. It's not often you see someone that can do these multiple things that they work together, but they are not. To I don't group them together. When I see you on stage, I see an artist who's like, got great songs yeah i think that it's like i don't i've described it as not it's not like a venn diagram right it's more like a super it's like two a circle within another circle right so it's like they cross that, a little bit no it's like because i don't i haven't met anyone who like knows the music that didn't know i do tiktoks or videos right so they so, all know the tiktok right yeah right. so if you, if you take like a, like a big circle that's like the tiktok stuff and then if you take a smaller but much more concentrated circle and put it inside the bigger one then that's that's sort of the music fandom yeah so i think i'm watching you know my stuff is not streaming like to the moon you know but everyone who like the conversion on the people who listen to my songs and go see it live is like crazy high it's like it's like really high um and i think it's because they're that they're involved with like both worlds so it's like they want to hear the songs but they also want to see the guy that they see in the videos and it becomes like kind of like i don't know i i just have had a really easy time telling selling tickets um i think comparatively to like how many like albums i'm selling or whatnot and it's like it's a blessing it's awesome yeah i actually think that they're touring artists stream less but sell more tickets streaming artists stream more but sell less tickets for sure that's what i've seen yeah and it feels like you're building like an in real life like it's like a it's almost like a way for people who but also one of the things that i think that you do well in your con in the in the videos you make i don't want to say content it is content but yeah whatever you want. The, the sketches you do yeah um is they do feel like you you do feel like a character mm -hmm. so you wonder what the real guy is like yeah so there is an invitation almost to like i wouldn't mind like hanging out with him and then you listen to the music and it's really good yeah so if you were like making shitty music mm -hmm. you may have like a kitschy in real life uh experimental event and people might come once or twice yeah but to build touring audience you have to have good music and you have to be good live period mm -hmm. done yeah i it, it's the one thing i know when with mddn when we work with bands one of the questions is is how are they live mm -hmm. and are they good songwriters like you have to have a generative part of you that can do it again and make songs and it can't just be a fluke 
I think it needs to be a real artist, right? Yeah, totally. And then live, there's got to be something there live that's like, and everything I've seen of yours live and the music, it just stands up. It's fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's fun. It feels good. I feel like the live show is better than my records, which is cool. That's cool. Partially because I hire really good guys to play the songs, and on the records, it's just me. So <laughs> Yeah, you play everything. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So I have better musicians than myself playing yeah. live, which I, I it just like makes it so much fun. And we're all buddies, and we have so much fun together. And like from what I've seen, like every crowd and every city, it's like they're all singing like all the words. Yeah, which is really really cool. That it makes it so much easier, at least from a like stage fright perspective. It's just like, oh damn, okay, you guys are doing like a lot of the legwork for me. This is sick. Um, and that's been the, yeah, that's been the, the pretty normal experience. I'm, just feel so lucky it's great were you a big like emo kid growing up totally yeah, yeah, yeah i can hear it yeah big time my first concert that i went to without parents was uh motion city soundtrack oh wow uh, how old were you i was probably 13 it was when oh. they put out commit this to memory i saw them at the vic theater in chicago 13 year olds were so much cooler yeah yeah back then my yeah my parents were pretty good about letting me just like take the l into the city and we, we could go and i don't know um, I don't know if you could do that these days as a 13 year old. I don't, yeah, maybe. I don't have a gauge on like what it's like to. I don't know anyone with kids in Chicago. I know people with kids here, and it's a completely different vibe to like raise kids in LA versus Chicago, I think. Yeah, LA but, is different. Um, at least like the north side of Chicago being like contained to that with like within the train system and stuff and like bopping back and forth between the suburbs and stuff. It was pretty easy. Pretty safe. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it seemed like just the occasional of, bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> seemed like no big deal, but um yeah, that was a fun show. Um Fallout Boys from where I'm from. Yeah. So um yeah, ton of that Blink One Eight Two, of course. Are you do Y'all. you know those guys, Fallout Boy? Uh no. Okay. No. Um, but all you Chicago people like all know each other somehow. Yeah. Alkaline Trio from but, Chicago. Big, yeah, big huge Alkaline Trio guy. But I'm thirty I just turned thirty two. Oh wow. So I'm a bit like younger than those guys yeah you're yeah yeah but 32 that's young dude i guess yeah it's young enough to <laughs> it's young enough to still feel young but old enough to be old for sure so you're definitely i certainly not, don't want to be younger like I, right. I'm, I'm definitely like lo- loving life more with each passing year which feels great that's how i feel i'm 44 and i, I don't want to be any other age no, no and when i'm 45 i hope i feel the same way yeah hope so <clears throat> i think aging is kind of a uh if you embrace it, you can do it well. Yeah. And I, it, it's hard to watch people that don't want to age because you can't stop it. For sure. You just got to kind of go with it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I've been on like on a nice, like steady uh, upward trajectory, which has been really nice. It makes me not like yearn for being 22. That yeah. sucked so bad. <laughs> but how long did it take you from when you decided I want to make music or I want to do like, like, when did you move out here and when did you, and was it to pursue creative? Yeah. I mean, I moved out here with a very little structure and very little idea of what I wanted to do. I just figured that if I was in LA, I would, I would give myself my best shot, but I really wasn't thinking too critically about like anything other than just like being in a zone with, with good weather. And, you know, I had a very limited idea of what LA was. I thought I'd be able to like work retail and then like live, on the beach i i yeah. was like so stupid yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and me just, too like, walk across the street after my shift and like jump in the water it's like tv i'll like work eating. at a hot dog stand it's and like the oc like the show yeah yeah 
And that was like totally not it at all. It's a grind here. It's hustle. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like super, and it's not very, it's not a super convenient um, place to be poor at, at all. It sucks not at so all. bad. Um, it's a terrible place to yeah. not have money. Yeah. But, but then once you're in it, like, you don't want to move home. So you're just like kind of stuck in this like weird, like kind of purgatory zone. And I was stuck in it for like eight years. Um, wow. Yeah. I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how to make more than like $15 an hour for the first eight years I was here. I was trying as hard as I could. Yeah. And so it's like I com- sort of compartmentalized my whole vibe and like just trying to survive and pay rent um, that I wasn't even thinking about doing anything creative. I kind of like put that out of my head in like the first two years. So I was like, I can't even focus on this at all. Then I got that ICM gig and I just like sat in a basement and delivered packages for three and a half years. And that's when I was like, okay, I got health insurance. And this you know. is a good job. It, it was good. fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I was just like, you know, I'm not using any of my brain capacity to like do the work. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. Like there would be like three hours where I would just sit in the basement and do nothing. Right. Like, I was trying to Cubs game or whatever. Um, not a terrible job. No. Yeah. It was totally fine. If, and if I had known going into it that I was going to like use the time to be creative, maybe I would have gotten somewhere sooner. But it wasn't until like probably like three years in where, where I was just kind of like staring down the barrel at uh, never getting out of there. Yeah. Um, and being like, I got to do something uh, to switch it up. Um, and I just gotten out of a relationship that was kind of tough. And so I just wrote a couple of songs and recorded them. And so that came first uh, music. Yeah. And then you started making those videos. Yeah. So I recorded two songs. I, record uh then i sent them around to like different indie labels because i was like i'd love to flesh out an ep but i don't i can't afford it and i'm I'm really not like i'm like a studio guy like i like to go in play drums play real instruments like all that stuff i need at that time i need it to it to be a transaction to for me to to, to motivate me to actually release it uh because at the time i was like oh my god i just spent 300 dollars. like this has to come out I'm not going to waste $300 like that. I needed that sort of like motivation. To yeah. Do um, so I did that and then signed an indie label deal with uh, Terrible Records. Mm-hmm. And then they gave me advance. So um, which was more than my yearly salary at SEM. So I, qu- I quit. That was Great. the first time I had ever gotten paid for anything up front. And as soon as I got money up front for something, you I were like, like oh, I was like, this is what I've been waiting Light for bomb. my entire yeah. life. Like I'm no longer bound to like the weekly paycheck. Now I have a a year to figure out the next, how to make more. Right. And then I realized right away that I was like really good at living life like that. So yeah. I, that, and then I started the TikToks during COVID, but the, I got the music advance first. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I think most people don't look at it this way cause they're not, a, they're not in the music business, but once you kind of get in, mm-hmm. I always like, I always said, if I can get my foot in the door, yeah, it's going to be a problem for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go in and I'm going to work harder and I'm going to, but how was always was the big question. It's such a mystery. Yeah. When I started, when we you know we left home uh, 17, 18, and then we looked at everyone around us at our age, and they were all going to college, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't necessarily a a great option for us. It was pretty complicated to figure out how we could go to college, mm. money and all the and grades and all that. And I was like, you know what? I have four years. By the time they're done graduating, if I don't make this happen, I'll just go get a job. I'll yeah. go get some respectable job, I guess, mm-hmm. like that someone else would get. 
you know, and work my way up in some, you know, job at some company somewhere in my mind. Yeah. yeah. And then we just worked really hard at it. And by 20, by 20, we had gotten our record deal. Mm -hmm. And so I was ahead of schedule, which I liked, but I think that setting goals like that, Mm -hmm. like you got that first, you may have like maybe subconsciously, cause I don't ever want to rule out that there was a part of you that wasn't fiercely determined to do exactly what you're doing, mm-hmm. whether you were fully conscious that you wanted it that bad or decided it. I think sometimes we struggle between those two parts of ourselves. Yeah. Like the, the brain or the conscious part of us is like, we're only thinking in math. What's possible? What are the possibilities? What is, what's the odds, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so we've kind of been like conditioned by the world to kind of look at things in terms of what is possible at face value based on what I think I'm worth and what people think I'm worth and yeah. where I'm from and who my family is, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this conscious part of us that makes a, 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 a face value judgment even mm-hmm. on ourselves, mm-hmm. but there's a subconscious part of us, the creative part of us where all these ideas come from. Your music is really good. Mm-hmm. That, that's not, that doesn't come from, that's not an accident. Right, right. Like, I listen to your records and I go, someone put effort into this because it's really good. Yeah. And it didn't just like shit it out. Right. It's fucking good. Because I see you with a big ceiling, like a very high ceiling. I think if you're not already acting, you will mm-hmm. if you're not writing comedies or movies and it doesn't have you could also i'm not i'm not boxing you in with comedy it's just the first meal i've had at your restaurant right for sure yeah um drama could be a thing but all i'm saying is is like i think there's the potential is endless and i want to say it's endless for everyone but not everyone's willing to put themselves out there mm-hmm. uh to see right mm-hmm. But so when I think of the, 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 you in that time, kind of eight years in the, like, mm, let's call it contemplation phase. Yeah. Right. I always try to like label things so I can understand what someone was doing. Sure. Um, and so eight years spent wandering in Mm -hmm. contemplation, looking for the opportunity to create, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you take a step, do your songs, you get a deal, and then you get confirmation that you were right, uh, that something in you was right, mm-hmm. that you could do that. Yeah. And then you give yourself a timeline. Okay, I have one year till this money runs out. Yeah. To figure out how to replicate my win there, mm-hmm. and like. I only I only break all this down because people listening, most of the people that listen to this show, most of them are actually like looking for insight into how to accomplish things. For sure, and, yeah. And grow. Yeah, and I mean, you're totally right. I, I certainly could have been like, I probably obviously was motivated by like a lot of subconscious things, but I think after struggling to make money for so long and getting into it so late, for me to be like financially motivated to make like decisions about this, it's not like the sexiest thing in the world, but it actually like freed up me to make like sort of like objective decisions without like vanity or but like I think ego sexy is a really sexy is a really false idea, right? Oh yeah. We can paint ourselves up sexy. We can put makeup on, we can 
we can suck things in and we can get in the right angle and we can be sexy. But reality is reality. Yeah, totally. And I would say that 99.9% of people are Mm. financially motivated to to take steps forward. For sure. Over everything else because we all have to eat. We all need a roof over our heads Mm -hmm. and we all have to like take care of our families, our growing families, our, our dream of having a family. Most people can't even start the dream of having a family until they feel like they have financial security. Yeah. And financial insecurity is probably the number one problem that everyone, myself included, yeah. financial was my biggest inspiration to make it. Yeah. Because grew up with nothing mm-hmm. and it was always a problem. Every $100, every $50, every $20 you needed for something yeah. was always an obstacle. Yeah, it doesn't leave a lot of space to be to think about creative stuff when you have to yeah. think about it. Yeah. $50. Like, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And like people forget how real that is when we talk about creative yeah yeah for sure so it just like it freed it up for me for the entire year and to be able to be like i have this this clock runs out at the end of the year so how do i make how do i turn this into more um and that was awesome and to be able to think about the label deal i don't know i had a very good idea of like what a record label was at that point too uh which for me has always just been a bank you know Mm. it would gives out forgivable loans for you to like do your thing and that's what it was that's what they are and to think yeah and to think about it as anything more than that is like it's i don't know i just i like i'm i'm fortunate to i think have a real a real i think about it so i think that right and if we if we kind of expand on that because at its very baseline it is that yeah when you find a great partnership there's a ton of other things you can experience and get for in, sure. a, in a good partnership. I, I'm, I'm more talking about like my mindset going in. Right. You right. know, it's just yeah. like at least I get to cash this check and yeah. then make something and then try and make more. Whatever, however, like good or fruitful the relationship is along the way that like sort of like it, I, in my head, that's just seen as just like an extra sort of luxury to that, you know, yeah. initial initial money that you get. Um, and it's just sort of helped me navigate it in a way to just basically like manage expectations and be like, the only thing that this means is that I'm getting money to make music and that's my job for the year. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's been cool. It's been a fun, a fun run. Do you like the touring? I do. Yeah. I, I think about this whole career. I try not to like break down what I think about each individual aspect because mm-hmm. nothing really like it's I love the the cumulative like whole that all this, of it that this life gives me yeah um do I like certain parts of touring yeah do I are some of it like some of it's awful you know? yeah and like yeah. so it's like um well it constricts you yeah touring is not like total freedom touring is you're on a schedule every day yeah Groundhog's Day every day. Mm. The shows are great for the hour and a half you play. Yeah. But everything else is kind of just like a box you have to stay in. You can't just run around and do that's whatever you cool. want. That's kind of cool for me because I'm such a I'm I'm such a space cadet in, in normal life. So right. touring is like my one opportunity to have like a regimented schedule. And hmm. what I really like about it is that like I'm very much like affected by like the American way of like oh i'm being productive and so my brain feels good that type way but like i hate working right so touring is like the one opportunity where i can sit in a car um for like 10 hours and that's my job for the day right and so in my i'm tricking my brain to be like i'm at work i I literally have to get from uh freaking 
you know, Vancouver to LA and X amount of days. Um, so like I get the, the serotonin or whatever the hell, uh, from sitting in a car yeah. or feeling productive and I get to space out. It's like the ultimate, it's like my dream. Like, I love that. Like, uh, everyone asks me what my favorite part about touring is. And it's literally just sitting in the car, staring out the window, uh, and feeling like, well, I was so much forcing me to be here, but I'm doing nothing and being productive at the same time. It's freaking job. awesome. Yeah. That's my cool. job to stare off into nothing. Yeah. Then we get to the venue and then load in sound check. Oh, oh, I hate sound checking. It's like every night. So do I. Like whenever I have to. I used to, to like, never go to sound check. Oh, that's awesome. That's my dream. That's where I want to get to. I used to just not go. That's sick. That's a very cool move. And then it became a thing. Like yeah. Joel doesn't sound check. And yeah. like, <laughs> now I do actually. Now I actually, all these years later, I, I actually appreciate sound Would you check. go on stage and your mixes would be fucked sometimes? And you I just never thought about my mix. Wow. That's cool. I never used in-ears. Really? Yeah. Damn. I just was a different animal when it came to like precision. I didn't really care about the mix. I didn't know what a good mix was, what a bad mix was. Wow. If I can hear myself. You get to a point where like the 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 monitor guy knows you. And they were your guys. Yeah. And they were, yeah, they're yeah. on tour with you for long enough where, but I never gave them notes. Mm -hmm. And they must have been... I don't know if it was the best job to work with me or the worst job because I know they care about what they do. Did you so, just get like a standard mix being like, y'all know what I kind of like, just do that? Yeah. That's cool. And then and everybody else used in-ears but me and Benj, we would just use, uh, my brother, we would we were right next to each other on stage and we just had, we each had two monitors. And mm -hmm. um, I always thought it was more, it was hard for me with in-ears because I tried them once mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm never doing that again. Because you felt separated from yeah, the Yeah, you feel audience. like you're in your own head. Yeah. And when you have just monitors, you can hear the crowd. Yeah. And it just feels more like you're in the room. Yeah. So I'm the exact opposite. Like, I, like I'm such an introvert. I had such bad stage fights. So that was like my biggest hang up. Like, I, I, the whole stuff, like I got, got my fan base during COVID. So the first show I ever played, the first shows I ever played were all sold out. Um, so I never got the... Where was your first show? First show was at Subterranean in Chicago. Okay. And we did, so we did two of those. And it was really strange because that it's like, that's a 400 cap room. And I was like, I had like over a million followers on TikTok at that point. But like the music wasn't quite at the fan base that it is now. Right. So I was like, kind of like, I was like internet famous to a lot of people. Um, but I was playing like this small room and the green room was just like a, a curtain. And like, it didn't have like a private bathroom or anything. So I feel like I might've been more famous than uh, bands that normally sell out that venue just cause I had the whole TikTok thing. And I like really don't vibe and like crowds or whatever like talking to people and stuff yeah you get freaked out i get real freaked out yeah how do you get freaked out um just i i describe it as like like if, I, if you and i were at, at a restaurant um like a noisy restaurant with a bunch of people talking around us i i would hear all the conversations um at Instead different tables yeah going on at the or at least at the same volume i can't really block that out unless i have like a couple beers or cocktails or something um so when i was like playing those first shows it was like it was just kind of like a wall of like vibes going back and forth and i completely dissociate like i played them but I, I i didn't have too much fun um and then as soon as we started like 
going to the more kind of like appropriate size venues for the amount of people that were going there. Um, I got in ears in and I was like, oh, this fucking rocks. Like, oh my God, I can just totally like be in, actually be in my own head. Yeah. Do the show, you know, pop. And, then, and, and, and so the first shows we did, I was like, it was like, there might as well have been a wall between like me and the audience. I did that sort of like strategically. And now this past time, I'm comfortable enough to the point where I can, I'll pop out in ear uh just to like catch a vibe with the audience or whatever and um it's become a much more comfortable hybrid but those first first couple um first couple runs were pretty difficult for me um now it's chill now 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 it's like i don't get nervous at all which is great how many shows do you do on like each leg of your tour um i did 14 last time yeah so it's like a little 20 day run i saw you did the 930 club yeah that's where i'm from Really? That was my favorite venue and favorite show I've ever played. It's a great venue. It was awesome. It was uh it was great. Yeah. I loved it. And it, like I love it when like a city will surprise you. I cuz I had no notion of like what DC was like other than just like the White House is there and like what's a bunch of politicians walking around. Yeah. So to go to play a sold out show there. It's like I can't believe, and and have everyone as hyped as they were. It was just like a really special feeling. Uh, that, that's venue. my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool and the people were great um that and like carborough north carolina were like two favorite shows i've ever played it was awesome usa yeah how do you feel how do you feel about like how it's how it's done you feel happy yeah i feel great feels like it's done really well yeah i feel it's like all i can look for is just incremental growth it's like did did i did i put something out that i'm really proud of and i'm in a better spot than i was beforehand and i can answer yes to all those questions well, awesome there's the song that i love on that album is fuck off freedom to fuck off yeah 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 it's so good that's what we were just talking about with the for the financial security thing too it's just like the paradox and yeah with that whole thing it's weird right but yeah yeah that's my favorite one i think i've ever written during that eight years that you were really like struggling to figure it out mm-hmm. um were you parents uh, supportive or were they like what the fuck are you doing they were really supportive in the sense that like you know my mom always over worries about me right and i've had to like it's it's only it's because she loves me so much you know and it's great yeah um and as i've gotten older i've been like i've been able to separate it's just like oh she's just being a mom and shit you know i mean it's where we've grown past the point where we can really give each other you know, career advice. She's a right. nurse. Like what? Right. Yeah. Um, but she's always been super supportive. Just like, let me do my thing, including like get C's in high school. Like I never. Yeah. I was pretty any, terrible in school. Yeah. And they, and they were, they were totally chill about that. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, I've, I've never felt anything from, but support, um, the emotional support from either of my folks. That's nice. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I've got a little sister and a big sister. Oh, cool. Yeah. The middle boy. Yes. So yeah. you're a gentleman. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Two sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like sisters make us, uh, they, I don't know, having a sister, I feel like it's, it's a For, good thing. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah. I'm happy about it. Are you married? Uh, no, I'm engaged. Oh, you're engaged. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. That's nice. Yeah, I'm stoked on it. I'm, I'm really excited. Is she creative? Yeah, we're in her company. She owns a tin fish company called Fishwipe. What is it? It's like she makes tin fish, like sardines, oh, and, cool. and salmon and stuff. Yeah, she loves fish. 
like yeah i guess so yeah i can make a company about it but do you guys uh, eat a lot of fish i do yeah, yeah. I, i'm like on this whole new like workout thing so i'm always looking for like quick ways to get protein and stuff so i'll eat like a fish can a day and then go out protein to the gym. is the key for putting on muscle i know i've been struggling with my whole life but yeah, now it's I'm hard finally... to get enough protein mm-hmm. we're supposed to get like a gram per pound yeah which feels so unrealistic it's it's impossible i did a free session with one of the trainers at the place i go to and the amount of protein that i was saying i had to eat today to like uh, it's like i'd have to become a professional eater keep your muscle it's this much to gain muscle it's this much yeah feels impossible but i think i know they're right because when i was like really focused on on being fit Mm -hmm. in my i was probably your age when i was in like the best shape i've ever been in Mm -hmm. um it was a lot of protein it was like four times a day you it's like a job yeah eating protein it's like you're another job yeah 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 i just i don't know i don't have time for another job right now i just do the the best i can how did you guys meet uh we met at icm oh cool she was an assistant so i would like you know stroll past her every day had a big crush on her and how long did it take you to say hi uh oh we said hi right away we're like homies yeah uh but i was just like in love with her while i worked there we we didn't get together till uh till covid so like six seven years later wow yeah yeah we just kept in touch (laughs) and stuff that's 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 sweet yeah for sure Yeah. Um, yeah it's the best it's the best thing in my life mine too my wife is i've been with her for 17 years and she's the best thing that ever happened to me hell yeah uh it's cool when you can figure that part out oh totally it takes a lot of pressure off to some of the work stuff too yeah because i i I give so the the majority of the what keeps me going is just like my life outside of the music stuff yeah it's it's hiking with her it's it's living it's you know what i mean you guys hike a lot oh yeah where do you hike uh, or where are some of the spots? I don't want to give away your favorite spot if you don't want to be bothered by people. But uh, I go on solo hikes in Altadena all the time just because it's close to where I live. But yeah. we go to Ojai like all the time. Ojai like, is awesome. Like a day trip to um, Ojai. My favorite thing in the world to do uh, with her is to go um, all day hiking in Ojai. And then we'll go to the Ojai Valley Inn for a cocktail at the bar. Yeah, uh, go on a hike and then drink. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a perfect day. And then if we can get home, good time, and watch a movie, then that's like, then it's like the trifecta. But I love Ojai. Yeah, it's awesome. Have you ever hiked up in Santa Barbara? Yeah, I love yeah. Santa Barbara. Yeah, the Punch Bowls hike in Santa Barbara. Yeah, really, really cool. Really cool. It's Santa Barbara is awesome for all that stuff. Yeah, I'd li- I'd move up there tomorrow if I could, but uh, that's where I want to retire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if uh, I if I ever retire, that's where I would retire. Yeah. Santa Barbara's the shit. Yeah, it's so nice. We go up there whenever we can. Well, you get those like Central Coast vibes that I, I really, really love. Yeah. Um, without necessarily like being in it. Um, and then you can just like bob down to LA anytime you want if you need to do a meeting or whatnot or go to a new fancy restaurant or whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, pre- it's pretty ideal zone. Yeah. yeah. And there's some fancy stuff up there too. Yeah. But it feels like... I don't know. It feels like it's a little bit of a time capsule because there, there's not a ton of development and stuff happening up there. So I don't think it'll ever happen up there. And the ocean's right there. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, I love it. What's a week like for you? Do you do you do you have like a schedule? Do you keep for like making uh, videos or do you keep it pretty loose? I keep it pretty loose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of just like my one of my managers has been my best friend since we were in first grade um that's cool yeah and we make all the videos together too um so it's kind of like on monday morning i wake up at like 10 10 30 
uh he wakes up around the same time what time do you go to bed i try to go to bed and sleep at all but it, it doesn't happen a lot i'm like an insomniac um so you stay up all night yeah and but then i'll finally like pass out at around like four or five when i can't sleep and i'll oh. sleep till 11 and i'll feel fine i mean that schedule yeah. like works for me but if i have to be up for something at like 8 30 or nine then i just like won't sleep the night before and i'm pretty functional the next day but a couple rounds of that i start looking a little worse for wear what do you think it is um just internal dialogue just can't shut off and it's not even like bad stuff it's like good stuff a lot of the time too i just get like hyped on ideas and have yeah. like conversations in my head and songs stuck in my head all that all that stuff makes it hard to go to bed that's crazy yeah yeah feels a little crazy well, in a good way but like when i when i watch your videos and when i listen to your songs mm. i definitely hear someone that's talking to themselves about something oh yeah yeah and even in your videos they're funny but i i feel like is that i was wondering today when i was thinking about talking to you i was like mm. i wonder if those those sketches are, are happening every day all day long mm. and how do you turn it off and how do you not just yeah get like completely sidetracked in an idea of a sketch when you're getting a coffee and someone says something right and then yeah. you're like you start having one of those sketches happen in your head yeah. I and mean, that's how i like to imagine yeah what the inside of your brain feels like well i'm very i'm very i dissociate a lot so i'm yeah. very dissociative so if i have to like like i don't go to coffee shops to get coffee because i don't like all the stimuli that goes along with like being in a coffee shop so you make um, it at home uh yeah yeah, I try and do whatever I can at home so I just like don't have to like go to the grocery store or like any of that wow. shit. It just tweaks me out. I you don't have a garden. Like, uh, we got a nice backyard. It's cool. You grow your own food? No, I do wish you Instacart. Uh, yeah, sometimes, right. sometimes, and then um, yeah, my fiance does a lot of the, the shopping. We'll just, okay, she doesn't mind. Yeah, no, not at all. Okay, not at all. But um, yeah, and a lot of like I don't know. I, yeah, I guess I just. When you have that much internal dialogue going on and then you get in a conversation with someone, I think I start to go on like autopilot and my brain will just like, I'll just start saying words that like from context clues, I know will just get the job done to right. get me through the conversation. Yeah. But then I'll like become aware of that. And sometimes I'll just like completely like leave my body and the most like mundane conversations. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like, it's are you, tough a, to are you a ADD, ADHD I'm person? I'm sure. I never got tested for any of that stuff. Right. Um, just, I think like when I was a little kid, my mom didn't want me to be like medic on medication or anything or, right. or, or like, like that type of stuff. Well, um, and yeah. I, I was just like, I'd probably rather like go on with a excitement for life than just like be dosed with meth every day kind of. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. Or be uh, and, like get seized, like who cares, you know? Um, so she was good about that, but I, but I never got like a clinical, um, diagnosis for, for anything. And I, I'm happy about that. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like, uh, not, I can't, well, you uh, kind of know you good, are, you, you know? kind of know you are already. I don't think, yeah. it, I think there's this like spectrum that we're all on Yeah. that like I'm ADD, ADHD. Mm -hmm. I've had to learn how to like, uh, function mm -hmm. and I have, and it still gets in the way sometimes like. There's no way that if I get left in charge that anything in the routine oh, hell no. yeah. is going to be done. Like It's so funny getting in trouble for um, 
forgetfulness. Yeah. Because like, yeah, that, that my excuse is yeah, I fucking forgot. Like, and you was, would, it wasn't my if choice. If you could remember, yeah. you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, there is that's the hardest part was, to explain. I was thinking about something else, and uh, I didn't want to be thinking about it either. Uh, I would have much rather have been present and made up a better decision. But. And it can be overwhelming. Oh yeah, I've learned how to like manage it. Mm. And I'm, I'm, but I'm I'm 12 years older than you, so at your age, I was still in the throes of like coming to terms with it and going, okay, no. Mm. Some of it I need to like contain. Mm-hmm. And, and direct it at certain things. Mm. And some of it I need to try to figure out how I work. Mm-hmm. And it's not how everyone else works. Right. And like over like 10 or 11 years, I started to figure out like better ways for me to do it versus anyone else. Yeah. And like it's it's more like idiosyncratic. Mm-hmm. And I think like I got it to a place where I can function way better than I used to. Because I think in music, you know, and we were in a music career and it was just kind of... There's a part of it that feels chaotic. It just feels like nothing makes sense and it's super chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that kind of calms your ADD. Yeah. And and some of it inflames it. Yeah. So it's hard to, it, but it's very hard to explain to someone like, oh, I didn't think of that. I forgot. Or that mm-hmm. that's just not something my brain will ever retain. Right. I made some lifestyle changes that like catered to the to the way that my brain works in a way that allowed me to feel productive and be productive for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think it's about like finding the sweet spot between making those changes and then fixing the stuff that doesn't allow you to be like a part of like regular society at all, or like maintain like healthy relationships with friends and, and family and stuff. So it's, it's interesting to, you know, you, you pick which ones you, you really, really want to like, maybe like be uncomfortable with, um, for a little bit so long as it doesn't sacrifice your creative output um and then there's stuff that you you just have to be like this is the way i am this is the way that i work i know it probably sucks uh to be around but it's the only way that i'm gonna be able to make any money at all um so yeah kind of like that like I, I i know that that's the game sleeping until 11 gets me it, it works for me you know um it's the only way that i can have enough energy to be able to like write sketches and songs and that's my job that's what i do but i know that there's probably going to be a certain point where like i can't sleep until 11 every day uh because i have to do this project or this thing so it's like i'm gonna have to work at this i'm gonna have to figure out how to fix this this thing yeah but you will when you need to right yeah um that that's the thing i've learned uh is you have kids and then suddenly you you do find yourself getting up early mm-hmm. and it's not a problem Yeah, because you want something more. Yeah. That's we, what the freedom to fuck off is about. That last stanza where it's, um, it's like talking about rejecting all notions of like organized, like structured life, but still wanting to make money and then reaching the conclusion. It's like, so what do I want? Uh, I, I want to be a real man. I want to be a father. I'm tired of thinking about me. I think I need to worry about a daughter. So being mm. able to put all your needs aside just to, to focus on this one other person and then you both are, are better uh, because of it. Uh, but that, yeah, that's largely like the theme of like true the whole record and that, that song is kind of like the centerpiece of everything. It's uh, true. Well, I mean, as artists, like we can be self-obsessed. Yeah. We can be like trapped in our head. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't think just artists, I think people, like most people have an interpersonal relationship and dialogue going on all the time and they're not artists. Right. But it's something like getting out outside of ourselves. It's why like in, in, if you, if you know anything about like AA programs for people who are, who suffer from addiction, number one thing is be of service and gratitude. Mm -hmm. which is just like get outside of yourself you're you you have this affliction with yourself mm -hmm. and getting outside of that and focusing on someone else mm -hmm. gives you this relief right yeah. i don't think it's just for people with addiction i think it's a through line for people acts of service and and gratitude mm -hmm. are like two of the most powerful things we can do to get get outside of ourselves it's funny because when you're suffering from anxiety or depression, they, they say like the number one thing you can do first is move your body, go mm. out and do something physical yeah. and get back into your body and do something good for you. It'll mm. make you feel a little better. But I think our art artistically, especially your art, you benefit from being in your head. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's something that the, the, I struggle with that idea a lot, but it'll I, be a struggle because your livelihood is actually being who you are right being in your head yeah so you're and likely a thing that whether you looked at it as a weakness or not if if when you were younger if people said oh you get terrible grades mm -hmm. and you're not it doesn't feel like i could imagine if i just imagine the kid who's in chicago who's got c's who's you know loves music likely not getting a ton of trophies for <laughs> uh, this kind of achievements at that age. Like, yeah. you know, there's the kids that are the superstar, whatever, yeah. like they're the dancer, they're the theater, they're the sports kid, they're the math, math elite, mm -hmm. um, the spelling bee champ. And like, I was kind of the same, like I wasn't really good at anything. Yeah. And you wouldn't have even said I was good at singing or making art. Like mm. I was just a very average, like, bad grade kid who mm. didn't seem to have like a ton of drive except me and my brother started a candy business when we were in middle school <laughs> and we were making like hundreds of dollars a week selling candy oh, damn. And we were really into it like homemade candy or <clears throat> no we would just go buy bulk candy oh, yeah. from like the store they'd have those bulk candy barrels at uh -huh. the grocery store yeah, yeah where you could buy like penny nickel quarter or they no they would sell it by the p pound mm -hmm. so you would just scoop the candy in there would be like jolly ranchers or like lollipops or whatever right mm -hmm. and then we would buy like candy bars and and we'd have different sizes and then we would sell like every week we would mm -hmm. come with a variety of this is what we had this week mm -hmm. and we would sell things for like a quarter a you dollar had, you had that entrepreneurial spirit yeah age. and yeah. we loved it it was the it was I, it still stands out to me as like probably the best three months of my like youth yeah. and then we got busted yeah after like three months we were just making money big. hand over fist yeah and they shut us down got kicked out of school we had to go and like beg to be back in school oh my gosh like, yeah it was terrible just for living um, the american dream and that that's the yeah. thing though is you would think like we weren't hurting anyone yeah and it was this it it turned into like this terrible experience my parents were upset and my grades <laughs> were already bad um, but I remember I bought my first pair of Jordans and I was so proud yeah. of that, of those shoes. Yeah. That was probably like my shining moment mm -hmm. in like that I did something, accomplished something. I bought those shoes and yeah. I had cash. That's cool. 
Yeah, I didn't have that probably until I signed that, I signed that first record deal. But it, I don't know because I, because I've been so in my head for all of it. I never had anything like bring me out of it. If you can survive eight years in L.A. Mm-hmm. on you know not making money and figuring it out, like you can survive anywhere because it's the toughest town when it comes to like yeah not having a lot of money and being able to like navigate this place and mm-hmm. and still retain your self esteem. Yeah. Uh, it can be really hard. Yeah. It, um, oh, it, yeah, it sucked. When I moved here, it was on our, our third record. And where were y'all? Y'all were still in D.C.? Before yeah. That? Oh, yeah. Where? So, and I was in D.C. actually before I moved here. That's, I lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Maryland. I remember moving here and thinking, God, I feel like such a loser. And mm-hmm. I had had success. Mm-hmm. But it's such a big, overwhelming town. And yeah. There's always going to be a richer guy. A guy with more hits, a more famous guy, a better looking guy, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who grew up here and with a, a family name. Someone, there's just so much greatness or perceived greatness mm-hmm. um, that anyone could come here and feel if you have any self-esteem issues, mm-hmm. you can come here and feel really bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing that I think probably challenged you your whole life being in your head has tr- is your strength it's the thing that oh yeah generates I mean, all your success it, it, yeah me and it made everything else make sense yeah. and it made like the stuff that i struggled with when i was a kid make a lot more sense which are like help too but it's just like if you were told my like my fifth grade teacher that i make a living by coming up with imaginary conversations in my head and then writing songs where i like write all the parts in my head like all that stuff i it would, it would be like oh well that makes sense that you weren't paying attention to anything you know uh hey, you were practicing yeah for sure and that yeah. that just didn't materialize until i was 29 so um in perfect time though oh totally yeah i wouldn't have rather done it any other way and it, it allows me to just like have so much gratitude for what's going on right now too so it's awesome it's really awesome it um, is awesome i'm only real i'm only sitting here kind of like that's how i think mm-hmm. as i always want to make things make sense to me yeah and um and I want, and I also like truly at the core, I want to help people help make sense of their life yeah, and yeah. of themselves. Yeah. And cause I think, I always think about when someone's listening to these conversations, cause likely people listening to this know you, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they enjoy what you do, but there's a lot more they can get from you than that. Yeah. Because I think we only get to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't get to, some people make a life out of trying to be someone else which is, and some of those people succeed and mm-hmm. that's what they are become good at. Yeah. But a lot of people end up in like kind of a, a cycle of confusion. Mm-hmm. And I think that like making sense of ourselves and how we think and how we operate mm-hmm. and then looking, being able to analyze ourselves and then make and and not completely overhaul anything, yeah. but refine some things. We can become better versions of ourselves. I think that's like the, the work we have to do in life. Yeah. And, so I love having conversations with people like you, like people that are really successful creatives. I know for from experience, my experience, really successful creatives have found a way to be themselves and channel what everyone thought was the, the reason that they would never make it. Sure, yeah. Is the reason they made it. Yeah. Because they're, they've just learned how to be themselves yeah. and exist in, in this on this planet as a unique individual, Mm -hmm. it would be very hard for anyone else to replicate what you do. Yeah. 
It's crazy, yeah. And it happened during COVID when I was having zero human interaction. Oh. It was probably you enjoy. Oh, um, yeah, I fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 cool. It's cool. Do you want to be a dad one day? Oh, yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, and I didn't. Um, I didn't for so long. Fun. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I totally like changed my tune. I think that when you, it really takes finding the person that you want to do that. Hundred percent. And to me, I'm, I'm stoked that like, it wasn't just a, just sort of like a lifelong dream, and it's just something that I'm like very, very like newly stoked on because, uh, because I've, you know, shared my life with this person, um, and that to me seems like the, the, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of stoked on the, on that. It's it makes it uh, very exciting, um, because it's specific to like an individual. Yeah, but it's like almost like a, a magnetic uh, force. That's when it's the most fun too. Yeah, I I've had a lot of fun with uh with having kids, but it's because of the person. Yeah, you know that she's the responsible adult in my mind. She really does like like have a good idea of how the general stuff should be yeah like all the stuff that i i don't think about decorating our house i just mm-hmm. think yeah oh, oh this is cool that's cool <laughs> yeah or it's nice here yeah um but i don't have a better idea than she does on like a lot of stuff mm-hmm. school i didn't really care where where they went to school because mm-hmm. it's just never school just never really mattered to me yeah just didn't seem important to me yeah um and i know it is for some people it really is so uh i I'm glad she has a good idea on like a lot of the key stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, I just, I, it's, it's fun to think of it, um, as like a a really incredible opportunity, you know, to be able to, you know, hope, you know, hopefully be able to create someone who's half this person. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really neat to me. It's a, it's a crazy concept. It's pretty crazy. It's so fun. It's like the most, like, the most normal thing to do is the most like far out thing that I could ever think about happening. Uh, do you think the music uh, career, uh, do you see it just going and going? Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard for me to see anything going and going. So no, uh, but I, I, I trust that. It will. You don't think too far ahead. I don't think far ahead wow. at all. Yeah. I think a year it's ahead. so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like I, like I'm like right now, all I, I all I'm thinking about is like, I know I'm going to, do another record uh so you're already kind of so because I'm, I'm thinking about it i'm imagining it i'm getting the, kind of like the mental pieces in in place uh and that's all i can think about right now but i'm stoked as hell i was like so so excited to do another one uh but that, that, that uh, that's all i have the capacity to think about right uh, yeah what's your favorite sketch you've ever done um you have one yeah i have a couple there's some of them that just like you you see it when it's done and you're just like oh we nailed that because it's exactly what I thought yeah because like we put out so many we put out less now because I'm so I'm busy touring and the album rollout and stuff but when we were really doing them like three four times a week we made this rule it's like eighty percent is done we're putting this out tonight no matter what we're gonna start it today finish it today yada yada so I would like. I'd do it all in my notes app and I'd write out the dialogue to be like paced and timed out like for a minute to the best of my ability. Um, and I'd nail it sometimes. And um, Will, my, my the guy that I do it with, would, would nail the editing sometimes. And um, But sometimes I would like write too many lines of dialogue 
And sometimes he would like pause for a millisecond too long on an edit. None of these issues are a big enough deal to, to try Pop and it. fix it. Right. It's just like, we'll do another one tomorrow. Who cares? Yeah. And then there's some times where we just hit the sweet spot in both and it's, and it's perfect. And yeah. like the pacing of that was perfect. And to me, um, I think that we did one with them, some cornhole boards where it's just like a half a guy who got cut off and he was stuck in the yeah, cornhole yeah. boards and like sticks and he's just like his <laughs> last, uh, his last dying wish was just pull, pull a prank on his friends. So he throws the bag, he throws the bag out of the hole. Um, and that, that's my favorite one. I think the cornhole. Yeah. The yeah. half, half a guy in the cornhole board. Yeah. I wrote an original piece of music for that one specifically. And I called it bags theme because cornhole is, we call it bags in Chicago. And so I called that bags theme and I actually put that on. That's a leading track for USA. Um, called bags theme and just didn't change the name yeah but yeah that's that's like my favorite like thing that we've ever done so that's like another thing it's like how the world's kind of inform each other a little bit yeah um but yeah i do like i like that one a lot i like the train one. Oh, the one we just did yeah yeah that one was fun too it was funny that was like i uh that was a really on the spot one because we went there to originally do the one with um i watched the show godless yeah um where the guy keeps being like i've seen my death um and so I, I thought it'd be funny if the guy had seen his death, but it was just because he was like eight, chose to eat 17 balloons. Um, so we went out there in Altadena to film that one. And we had like a bunch of time, just to kill, I guess. And we were just chilling in that zone. I thought the outfits it. were funny. Yeah. And then we were just like, should I write another one real quick? So I just took 30 minutes and I don't know how that popped in my head. I'm not even... I hadn't thought about train in like years. I, I just think they're great. a funny band. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought of, I don't well, know. Well, it's a great, it's, yeah. a great, it's a great play on that, on it. Do you ever think about writing like movies or TV? Um, yeah. So I, I think about it. A lot of people are thinking about it uh, for me. I'm probably thinking about it more than I am. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, don't, I just like writing sketches so much. It's hard for me to branch out and think about things in a more like long form way. Right, right. Uh, when you're writing an album, you can sort of like compartmentalize you, into song by song by song. It's really hard for me to think about like a movie at once, but totally, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say like, you would probably like be really good in like a cohort of like a couple writers. Yeah. Right. Like totally. that you guys I'm like, could all y'all do a big picture. Let me dial in the, 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 the dialogue. Yeah. And make that super funny. I think yeah. I'd be able to do something like that pretty well. We've always got like ideas flowing back and forth. Like, of course I'm thinking about it. It'd be, it would be dumb for me not to, but, um, well, yeah, I don't know. I I like that stuff. I was I did a scene in a movie. I was acting in a movie recently. Yeah, what is it? Uh, it's called Sitting in Bars with Cake. Um, and that was it was an Amazon movie. I don't know. Cool. I had so much fun doing it. It was like a fifteen hour day. I yeah. said six lines. Like, yeah. Holy shit! I was like looking at the girls who were starting the movie. I was like, you have to do this every day. Oh my god! It's, it's long days. Yeah. Acting is long days. I couldn't do it. Mm. I have a lot of respect for actors and actresses. Uh, I told I I didn't I don't think I processed what was going on or what it took, and then I was just yeah again I was just like I'm fucking exhausted. It's I, hard work. Got to come back tomorrow. Oh my god! And they have to like prepare for these movies. And yeah. They have to get in shape in different yeah. ways for different roles and yeah. the, all the, the pre-production and the preparation they have to do. Yeah. It's just feels so overwhelming to me that anyone could spend that much time getting ready for that. Now, everyone talks about famous actors being like, like, you know, there's always, if you hear like hearsay about this guy being an asshole, this guy's being an asshole. It's like, no, it's like, 
all right, whatever. Like now, now I know what. Like the shit yeah, I get sucks. it. Yeah, yeah. Like they're making a lot of money, but like, and people kind of dismiss things so easily. Yeah. So I think you get in music too. Mm. You get a little bit jaded and a little bit kind of I think cynical or bitter when something that you put so much time and energy and work into gets kind of just dismissed. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the, this movie came out during the. Um, writer's strike and whatnot so uh i mean i was i had so much fun with it, it one day nose came off my back or whatever but there was people who worked on this thing for like so long and they couldn't even like you know couldn't even have like a premiere for it or promote it in any way i was thinking about that i was like damn whole, i bet there there's some people who are kind of sad about this how do you like doing promo for music oh i hate it yeah yeah <laughs> Tough. I hate it. There's a whole lot of people who hate that. I hate it too. Everybody hates yeah. it. <laughs> well, yeah. it's tough because you need to do it, I guess. Yeah. Right. We always, yeah. it's always the worst part of putting an album out is promoting it. Yeah. Because you're going somewhere to promote this thing on someone else's platform. Right. Mm. I mean, you could say you're here to promote your record. I don't feel like this is a promo type show, but it, we promote things inherently here. Like yeah. This yeah. Is, it's For natural sure. to talk about what we've worked on. Mm -hmm. But you go to do a TV show or you do an interview with a magazine and I'd say like, I'm, I, I wouldn't say that this is a majority or this is the rule, but when people are cycling through a place and mm -hmm. they're promoting things every day, it just feels like they don't care. Yeah. The whole thing feels like unnatural. Yeah. I, I have a particularly, I think interesting ecosystem like within my own social media stuff too because so many people follow me for the comedy videos um like the way that i've been able to acquire fans is to have comedy videos go viral to get new fans on social media and for like fucking one percent of them to figure out that i do music and then once they figure out I do music it's an even smaller percentage that like it you know because like obviously music taste is so subjective and everything mm -hmm. um so it's it's hard. You don't want to like alienate people who follow you for a certain thing and then force them to like something subjective um, by just batting them over the head with that. I mean, right. it, it's uh, the way that I think I've been able to sell out 930 Club and have everyone screaming the lyrics is because they found me you know, through this vessel that is like the comedy stuff. But even in that, it's a bit organic. It's the totally ones organic. who want it can yeah. get it. The ones who yeah. don't. You're fine and they, with and they it. could feel cool about it because right. I didn't. I didn't really like force them into it. You know, like they they found it. I I try and make it as easy as possible for them to find yeah. it. And of course, when I'm writing a record or releasing a song or coming out with a music video or something, I'm I'm gonna tell people to listen to it. It's all I can do. But I, I'm not really playing the whole. Um, I'm not playing like the 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 standard like TikTok uh, social media game. Right. That I think that like. I feel that though. Yeah, I think yeah. I think most people. I do think that there we're in a time now where like people are generally like we'll look at those kind of mm. planted videos because they'll be like in your algorithm or something. Yeah. But the people you follow, you I feel like these days you kind of follow people that it feels authentic. Yeah. And like they're just making stuff they like. Yeah. And it's not too algorithmic. Right. Yeah. Um. I feel like people have have really learned the learn that 
Yeah. Um, so it kind of evolves. Yeah. How, how many ideas do people bring to you? Like, hey, we want you to promote this. How, how much stuff do you turn down? Are you talking about from like the label side to promote my own shit? Or, or from brands or just how many people bring opportunities to you and go, we want to do this and we'll um, pay you this much and you have to turn it away because it's just not right for you. With the brand stuff, I've always been like, oh, it's like kind of funny and super meta for me to like sell out in this way. And I think like people get it. So I've actually been like fortunate to like partner with some good companies that like understand that yeah well you do it really well when you do it it doesn't feel like a, an ad it's like yeah you're like oh i'll use that as a prop in one of my videos or i'll do something yeah smart around it or i'll do but like do you get a lot of bad ideas no oh no. okay i yeah i don't think so when we first That's cool. when we first started doing tiktok there was a lot more inquiries because brands were figuring out like what it was um like how to use it i think they were just like just throwing everything at it um so i i got like a couple of requests i did a couple of videos for some like financial service companies and after the second one i was like i'm not fucking doing that again um it just didn't make sense yeah, yeah. It, but like it was like whatever you tried and like people just like don't i don't i don't, I don't know i just did one for Domino's, and i love Domino's. oh uh, yeah so it was like great that's one of the best uh and i think i felt kind of like you know i hadn't done one for a while I still think Domino's is one of the best tastiest yeah, pizzas. Yeah, Domino's is so good. So Period. good. Um, I, I wonder I, why it's so good. They just, yeah, they just got it dialed. Uh, it's something, something in the crust? It. You think they yeah. just put a bunch of sugar in the crust or something? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's something. But I did one for Domino's, and, and I, actually, I was logged out of my own TikTok for like three and a half months um, because my manager had to change the password for some admin stuff. And I just forgot to ask him before it. Wow. So I wasn't logged in. We did the Domino's ad. I thought it was funny. You know, I had, we posted it like a week and a half before. And I was driving back from the beach with my fiance. And I was like, oh, can you check out my page? Like I posted a Domino's ad. Can you just like read me the hate comments there? I just want, cause I think they're funny sometimes. I was just like, I just want to see what people are saying. And she's going through it. She was just like, uh just ordered dominoes uh wow you made dominoes look so good like all this stuff it worked like, there, was, there wasn't one hate comment at all it's and a pretty safe brand to do it with everybody likes dominoes also it's a pretty it's like all my fans are like you know like 30 to like 45 years old yeah and like at that point if you're on the internet like trolling someone for trying to make some money it's yeah. like come on like curl the fuck up but yeah. uh everyone's kind of like get it's get, true get that bag yada 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 um yeah so they're celebrating. Yeah, I, I never feel weird about it. If you like, fuck off. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's all good. Do you love pizza? I love pizza. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite pizza in LA? Uh, I ordered from Joe's Pizza, that place from New York. That uh, I, I think love they got Joe's. a spot Joe's in Santa great. Monica in the yeah. Valley. That's really good. But I just got off the road. I haven't had a debit card in. Um, Eight years, I think. Oh, wow. I just put everything on a credit card. I lost it, and I just never <laughs> replaced it eight yeah. years ago. So I put everything on a credit card, and then I paid it off my phone. Yeah. But uh, as a result, I haven't like had cash for eight years. Mm. But my favorite food is like tacos and like, the tacos truck. So I'm really excited because we just got off tour, and we just get the venue buyouts every night. Yeah. So I have like $150 in cash for the first time in so long. I'm just going to go crazy on tacos for the next month and a half, probably. A lot of people do Apple Pay now. Yeah, but all the really, really good, good taco places, yeah. I feel like, are still in the cash flowing vibe. Like, like Angels. Yeah. They're still 
cash only and they're they're really really good so i'm gonna be hitting that a lot yeah yeah and we got to figure out a way to get cash i know <laughs> like i'm like a, you know, know you could set up a uh you could set up a weekly uh um this is a thing mm -hmm. i i learned about it i actually learned about it from my wife because i was like why do you get an envelope every week and she's like mm -hmm. it's cash and oh. I was like, oh, you don't go to the ATM. And she goes, no, the bank can deliver cash. Like you can have wow. cash delivered. That's incredible. Somehow, some way. I love it. Oh, I'm going to research it. that for you. Another one of my favorite things is like, like, uh, I go to the ATM. Yeah. I still like that. I mean, I live, I can't physically take money out of, from it because I don't have the debit card. You could but order another debit card. I, yeah, I could do that. But then I would have to... Then you'd have to go on the phone. Yeah. And wait. And and the process of ordering a debit card is the culmination of like the, our, pretty much our entire conversation. Yeah. Like you should know I can't do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I do think that a bit having cash available is, is a, it's a luxury. Yeah. But it's one that I think you've, you've earned. Yeah. You should have cash available. Yeah. Yeah. You know, always, always keep some cash on you. I just went up to Tahoe and I I, um, I went for the weekend and I, I went by myself and I'd lost my wallet um, three days before. This is like a month ago. Um, so I was going up without a wallet and I just learned how to use Apple Pay. So I was like, proud of that. So I was like, all right, everything's going to be fine. Don't have a wallet. Don't have an ID. Don't have a driver's license. I'm going to drive up to Tahoe. And um, just to break up, it's like an eight hour drive. So just to break it up, I was going to stop at Mammoth Lakes. My favorite place to swim out in the entire world is this one lake called Convict Lake. Um, mm. And you just like peel right off. But then you got to drive like a couple miles inland. And I went and I was feeling really good. I was just like, I'm going to break up this drive, do a nice like cold swim. I had like my snorkel mask and everything. And I, uh, I went swimming. It was an awesome swim. There was no one there. Uh, and my gas tank is like pretty much on empty, um, which, it, you know, it just usually is. And so I go for a swim and then it's like, I'm putting my clothes back on. I was like, damn, like I've, I've made it with Apple Pay. Like everything's working out. The only thing I can't do is just like drop my phone in the water. And like, as soon as I thought that my phone was like in my hat and I just like put my hat, I moved to put my hat on. My phone just dropped in the water uh touched it landed on the bottom you know three feet deep the bottom of the lake i and i turned it out i i pulled it out and i just thought like oh my god like this is the only thing keeping me alive right now like there's no one around i've got like no gas in my car i don't know how to get to tahoe i can't like call anyone so how'd you survive well i was waiting for it to dry do that thing where it just like it, it just like breaks it's like it still worked um and so then i did a lap around the whole thing and it turns out phones are just waterproof now i had no idea yeah which model do you have uh i've got 14 the 10 but this is what it looks like it's so fucked up that I thought, okay i think yeah. from some model on they're they're waterproof up to a point so i had no idea so i was sitting there thinking like i guess i'm just gonna die here because it's like what would be the plan of action at that point and then I didn't think of it until like a week later. I was like, this is what I would have done. What would you have done? I would have gotten back in my car. Logical. I would have driven, tried to make it to the nearest gas station. Um, and then panhandle. Well, 
No, because I wouldn't do that. I'd have too much anxiety for that. But really? I would wait until a like a dude who listens to my shit, like that demographic. So it's just like if they're like a really straight looking white dude in their thirties and they like look kind of sad, they're like definitely a fan of my stuff. It right. happens like without fail a hundred percent of the time. Right. We'll be like it's so funny. We'll be like hiking in the middle of nowhere and there'll be like two Gen Z kids walking like nothing there'll be like a, fa- a, a family vacationing from like india all walk past nothing. like nothing and then we'll see like a balding 39 year old and i'm just like watch this we'll be like, oh my god pe uh <laughs> without fail yeah like every fucking time it's so funny um but so i would sit at the gas station wait for a guy to look like that try my luck be like you know who i am and if he doesn't i'll be like okay this is gonna be really weird but like can i see your phone like look me up on instagram i've got like fucking like 600,000 Instagram followers. Um, I need you to fill out my, I have a truck too. So I need you to fill out my truck. It's going to cost $110. I'm not going to be able to pay you back for like five days. But if I don't pay you back in that five days, I'll pay you like, I'll pay $300. I'll pay $400. If I don't pay you back in five days, then you can like put me on blast, whatever, like cancel, whatever the fuck you want to do. Cancel me, yeah. Yeah, do whatever you want if I don't pay you back. It's like a, it's a risky bet. Yeah, but it was it would be like my only means of survival at that point. I'm but pretty sure. in the middle of like no, it was it was the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and you'd have to remember to pay him back. Yes. Yeah, I w- I would. Do you Venmo? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'd pay him back. I would pay I him back. I know you're good for it. I was like, send me a message on my Instagram right now, being like, hey, this is my Venmo. This is everything. This is how much money you owe me. I would if it was me, and I pulled up, and you're there at the gas station, yeah. and I know who you are, mm-hmm. and you're like. Funny story, I'm out of gas, mm-hmm. my phone's dead, mm-hmm. I coasted into the gas station, mm-hmm. or maybe even my car's a mile away and I walked the mm-hmm. rest of the way, right? Yeah. Um, but how would you have found it without your iPhone and your maps, right? Yeah. Um, but I would have just been like, I'll fill your gas tank up. That's really nice. And then I would be like, yeah, you don't have to pay me back. Oh, that's so nice. It's, good. it's nice to know that the people like that exist. Are you stoked on the live shows? On my live shows? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Is it, 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 is it's it, fun. Did you ever see it being what it is? Like, did there, was there any part of you that was like, I think it's going to do well? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I haven't been super surprised by anything, which also feels good because I, you know, I'm confident in it. Um, yeah. And the show's really, really fun. We put a lot of work into it. It flows really well. The players are great. Um, I think the fans are really enjoying it. And it's nice because like when we're getting into these uh, 1200 cap rooms, yep. um, I really do feel like, I, I feel like I play like like arena rock. There's like some aspects of that yeah. where like, you know, a lot of stuff's like real subby and um, the, some of the more like electronic stuff. It like really sounds good in a big space in a way that it doesn't in like a 400 cap room. And so people sing along. Uh, oh yeah, everyone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't tell the boys big sing along moment. Yep. Uh, even the new stuff, people are are really starting to sing along. That that, that makes me feel real good. Uh, yeah, don't tell the boys is good. Yeah, that's like the one. That's like the 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 gateway. California is good too. Yeah, I like that one too. I'm, I'm waiting for that one to be in like a title track in a movie or something. Or like a or like a, a, a the the next like a cool YA show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the next OC or whatever exactly. drama show yeah. is next. That's what's nice about now. It's like as soon as it's on the internet, it's like it could be twenty years from now. But if it's, yeah. if it's right, so you know, someone will find a home for it. But cool, yeah, 
but yeah, love playing live. I, I, you know, it's which is great because I used to not, so but now I do. So that's great. When this airs, mm. the second leg of the tour is starting. Yeah, I'm going to Australia on uh, February 1st through, I think, like the 10th or Australia something. Australia is, have you been there? No, never. That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm kind of pinching myself. I think that's going to be fine. I started thinking about what it'd be like to hold a koala the other day. I was like, I actually got like a little emotional. It's pretty, uh, they're freaky. Yeah, yeah. So they have like beady eyes. Yeah, yeah. But they're really sweet, cute. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know if they're sweet, but they're really cute. And do and that's good enough for me. Going to the zoo in Sydney is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, so I don't know what the recreation's gonna be like. I know we got two off days, but I, I, like if I could use any amount of free time to just like interact with uh, nature or wildlife that I wouldn't normally oh, get to be able to, that's like that's, Australia, dude. That's it for me. You'll so, love it. Yeah, I'm I've been going to Australia stoked. for twenty some years. Yeah, and it's like home away from home. I love Australia. Oh yeah, the routing's a little bit fucked. Like I think we're like flying to Melbourne. It's like 16 hours, and then the next day we fly five hours to Perth. And yeah, Perth is day. like on the other But side. it's the next day, uh, so I'm like, all right. And then the, you're like, why are we doing this? And then it's like, it's just what you do. I'm like, okay. okay. Well, yeah, you got you <laughs> got to get Perth out of the way either in the beginning yeah. or you do it at the end. Gotcha. But in, if you do it at the end, it's an even longer trip home. Gotcha. So if okay. you're going to do Perth, you usually want to get up there get Perth done because it's kind of on the edge. Mm -hmm. um, it's like the furthest. Perth's interesting. It's unbelievable. It's beautiful. The beaches are insane. Yeah. You do feel kind of like you're like on the edge of the earth. Yeah. It's like I very like far. Yeah. Unbelievable place. You'll love it. Hell yeah. They're like food's great. There's like, they have like wine. It, Australia is sick. I'm really excited. Yeah. People are amazing. People are super friendly. Yeah. You'll have a good time. Why not? And then do you have any time off in Sydney? You know what? I have to double check. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think we have time off in Tasmania, which is where the festival is. And I heard the hike oh, is that's great cool. over there. So yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. Then we get back to 10 days rest and then go out for the second U.S. leg. And that's sick. Playing my biggest shows I've ever played on that one. So Amazing, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Congratulations. Thanks, dude. I'll, I'll be following. Right on. Thanks for coming and doing yeah. this. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Great. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Artist Friendly. If you really liked it, you can follow, like, subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We appreciate your support and we'll see you next time. Bad times, I don't